Welcome to KuzaCast, where we interview some of the most influential people in tourism from around the world. My name is Graham Watson, and I'm the founder of Kuza Global. The word Kuza means a new dawn, and in 2023, we want to find out just how our guests are working towards that new dawn. Join us and subscribe to future episodes as we hope to inspire you with stories of strength and resilience in the tourism industry. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Kuza Cast. Today, I'm trying something different. I'm doing an in-person podcast with two people. So there's there's two differences right there. I am with uh, in London here with Mr. Nick Fox, who's the owner of Sibuya Game Reserve, and Kathy Entwistle, who is the owner of Val du Charon Wine and Leisure Estate in Wellington. How are you doing today, Kathy? We're doing just fine, Graham. It's great to be here with you in the UK. Great. And Nick, how's it going? It's great. Uh, uh, also, great to be here with you in the UK. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. We, we've had some great meetings, a lot of positive energy coming out of the UK. So if we just um, start with you, Kathy, what's your tourism background, how you get into tourism, right up to uh, making wine and selling beautiful accommodations in Val de Chiron? Thanks, Graham. Um, I don't have a t- background in tourism at all. Um, I come from an actuarial background, and thankfully that gave me the wherewithal to buy a wine farm. I'm not sure what I was thinking when I did this, but um, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And it's remarkable how many friends you get when you have a wine farm. So I thought, well, then I need a guest house. And um, I built one. And I discovered I really like this industry and the people who are in it and haven't looked back since. <coughs> We're now up to four and five star accommodation. I'm busy adding on additional family rooms. So that'll take us up to 25 rooms in total plus the villa. Great. Yeah, I know. It's a beautiful, beautiful place there in Wellington. Lots to do, lots to see. Um, Nick, tell us a bit about your history. How did you start and uh, right up to today? Yeah, strangely enough, my father was actually um, running hotels in Kenya, which is where we came from originally. Um, Not that it had anything to do with me going into the hotel industry. Uh, I had a different route. I was in construction in Johannesburg and decided that I wanted to move out and build a game reserve estate, really. That was my idea, build... 30, 40 houses, sell them off. But we found such a beautiful piece of land that my wife and family said, no, 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 we're not selling a part of this. Make another plan. And so I had to go into tourism to try and make ends meet, uh, and that we did. So from 2003, we put up fences, and we started building our first camp in 2004, our second camp in 2006, And then finally we acquired our third lodge in about 2015, I would would think, um, which we don't own, but uh, we've got partners that own and we market and and run on their behalf. So that's where we are now, two eco-safari camps and one lodge. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a great experience the guests have by sailing up in a a boat, um, and that's their, their... the introduction to the lodge. It really is a beautiful lodge out in the Eastern Cape. Highly encourage anybody to go and visit it. So let's get into um, a bit more about about you you guys personally. So what? Uh, how do you stay 
productive? Like what's your daily routine on a day-to-day basis um, in order to stay on top of everything? I mean, not only are you running the, the, the hotel side of things, Kathy, but you're also overseeing the wine production. There's so much to do. How do you stay on top of everything? Well, the honest answer is that I drink. But um, that said, that aside, um, yeah, coming out of COVID, we were all extremely short-staffed and we were all doing a multitude of jobs over and above what we'd be doing on an average day. Um, yeah, I think life is tough for a lot of us out there getting back into the swing of things. It's usually a half past four kickoff on my side and um, then I kind of fizzle out by half past eight, nine. But there's lots of balls to juggle. Um, And yeah, you know, it's wonderful to have our guests coming back to us. But at the same time, things like the grapes do not wait for anybody. When they're ready to come off, they have to be done. Um, And so, yeah, as I always say, if you want something done, ask your busiest friend. I think that's kind of who I am at the moment. Yeah, no, I mean we've all uh, we've all had to juggle a lot of different things. I th- that's that's why I've started the podcast just to get everybody's opinions about how the last three years kind of changed things for them. Um, Nick, obviously being on the road, we we've seen how busy all of us are with uh, meetings, answering emails, dealing with this and that. What's how do you generally manage to stay on on top of things? Are you more of a traditional paper user, or do you like to use laptops and keep things? digitally or how do you generally stay on top of things yeah an interesting question um the meetings today i was busy handing out business cards in my normal fashion and all the people we were meeting were saying no 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 we don't do business cards anymore um here's our qr code or scan my phone and uh, so yeah i'm a little bit behind the time still uh, still deal a bit with paperwork but in terms of, 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 of the work, it's an interesting situation because tourism pays the bills. We have a game reserve. We have lots of animals. We have the big five animals. But to pay the bills, you need tourism, and tourism needs marketing. And at the end of the day, uh, even though people look at me and say, oh, you're so lucky you own a game reserve and it must be great fun, you actually tend to spend most of your time marketing. So you spend six or seven hours a day behind a computer and I do my very best to get out there onto the reserve as often as I can but it's definitely not as often as I'd like to so yeah it's a it's a tough situation um it's kind of like running a hotel but it's a hotel with a big farm around it as well that also has to be run and that takes up a lot of time and costs quite a lot of money so hence we can't go in at quite the cheap rates that maybe a hotel would be. There are a lot of things added on to a game reserve. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much, uh, Nick. Definitely, uh, there, there must be. Uh, looking forward to hearing a bit more about how the, all the different things that that go go into that. Um, Kathy, what's the last three years? You know, we we've luckily kept in touch. I even ordered a, a crate of Valdichiron's beautiful wine during during all the lockdown madness, uh, the moment we could buy alcohol again, that must have been a pretty tough situation for you to be in where you lost the ability to earn money on both the accommodation and your wine. So what what do you think um, the last three years have have kind of taught you, apart from not wanting to ever go through anything like that ever again? Yeah, you know, it was a perfect storm. Um, the rather irrational alcohol ban in South Africa 
um, has severely impacted on all wineries. Um, and anybody who said you could export, well, what were they thinking? Um, we export to other restaurants and hotels throughout the world, and they too were going through the same nightmare on a tourism front that we were as well. Um, yeah, who would have thought? Uh, you've got two very diverse industries, tourism, wine, um, that both would have been taken out at the knees, and um, I think you've got to have extremely big coffers, we have to build up a war chest, we have to approach the way that we deal with finances on a very different basis, um, keep ourselves nimble, debt-free, quick to move, um, and I think that's definitely been a lesson that has come out of it. A lot of my friends and colleagues had not learned that and were not in that position, so um, they're no longer in business. So I'm glad to say we're still here three years later kicking and screaming though we might be and yeah just to everybody out there please keep buying SA wines we need your support um, we ship throughout Europe so there's no excuse everybody to visit our website and buy online and we will deliver to you um, but yeah three years has been a bit of an eye-opener um, I think we've come out a lot stronger on the other side yeah, thanks. It's a lot of the people have mentioned resilience and yeah, just learning, as you say, about that war chest. Very important, but you know, first get the get the debt paid back that that most of people are still in over the last three years, and then start looking to how we can better equip ourselves going forward, and also keeping the overheads low. That's what I think a lot of people need to remember as well, just to find ways to keep the overheads low, and. Um, so that you you if something like this happens again it's as you say quick quick uh, quick to move so uh nick you you obviously had many different facets of of how to to cope you've got the the you know the wildlife itself um conservation uh look looking after not just the property but also the the wildlife i mean there's so many different things that you had to think of and how did how did that all go yeah, it was it was not easy. The a lot of hotels were in a situation where, when COVID really struck properly, they could just close the doors and cut the expenses. We unfortunately couldn't do that. We still had to make sure that the fences were there, um, do all the work on the reserve. Still had to protect the rhinos, which is a major major cost these days in the game reserve business. So it was tough. Um, basically, the long and the short of it was three years of COVID probably cost us 10 years of built-up profit. Um, fortunately, we were able to survive. It wasn't easy, but we were able to survive. Um, but we had to keep the game reserve running. We had to make sure the fences were done. Um, so that, that in itself was tough. Obviously, from the tourism side, that closed down. I think the other problem that most of the South African tourism people can identify with was the problem of how unprepared the government was to, and, and, and to a certain extent the banks were, to help tourism operations. It was really, really difficult to get finance. We had a situation where we managed to get a government guaranteed loan at great expense, but through the bank. And 
the, it was delayed, the repayment was delayed for six months. And come the delay of six months and the first payment being due, tourism hadn't restarted. And we went to the bank and we said, listen, we, we can't start repaying this loan. Um, there's still no tourists here. You're going to have to extend it. And the bank just said, sorry. They said, it's a guaranteed loan by the government and uh, go speak to the government. We can't change it. We have strict conditions. So the problem was it was tough to get the government and the banks to understand our situation and to help our situation. And although we managed to get around it and survive, a lot of people didn't. Uh, whereas, as we know, or as you know, you in the UK, most of the businesses managed to survive because of government help, because of bank help. There was limited help from the banks in South Africa. They tried. But really, we were not geared for the really stringent controls that South African government put in. And they weren't really there to make sure that business did get through. So it was a tough period. But we through that now. We're coming out the other side. It's positive. Business is happening again. If we can get the air flights to South Africa back to a decent number, we can get the tourists back in the country. Control crime crime, sorry, and uh, get the air flights going and tourism will take off. We, The one thing we've discovered on this trip now is that there's a huge desire to travel to South Africa. People still want to go. They still want the wildlife. They still want the wines. They still want the beautiful Cape. So there's opportunity there. We've just got to run with it. And we need the government to help and particularly uh, the airlines to help get flights into South Africa, bring the people in and tourism will recover. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think it's time to get the flights down in cost. Um, get, you know, the more seats there are, the less they will become. And yeah, just try at their best. Um, to I'd be very interested to interview someone who works for an airline. Maybe I should. Maybe that should be my next project, just to get it from their side as to what the challenges they're facing in restoring all those wonderful routes that that we used to have. I mean, we've spoken about the particular Durban-London flight that was so good for KwaZulu-Natal. We really need to get that back up and running again. So, yeah, just interesting to see how long all that's going to take. So, Nick, what would you like to see in terms of anything that needs to change still that hasn't stopped? I mean, I know we've got licensing laws in South Africa, NPTR, where the vehicles are battling to get the correct licenses it's taking forever and vehicles are getting stopped and impounded on the road that definitely needs to change to make tourism a bit easier in terms of what you've been through what would you like to see still change to that would make everybody's life a bit easier well i think firstly the government's got to get on board with tourism uh, they talk big about tourism they uh, going back to Derek Harnicom's days they were going to be uh, five times the investment in tourism. They were going to bring five times the number of people. South Africa sits in a situation now where you have, depends who you listen to, anywhere up to 40, 50% unemployment. If you want to employ people in a, in a country as beautiful as South Africa, you control crime and you get tourism up and running. We can double the number of tourists coming to South Africa. Double the number of tourists to South Africa. You'll take a million of those people who are looking for work and you'll give them employment. That's the that's first stage. How do you do that? You get the government on board. You get the banks on board. We're in a situation where it is virtually impossible to borrow money 
the old cliche that banks will throw money at you when you don't need it and the minute you need it they'll ask for it back is true it's very difficult for people to get financing uh, in this current time especially people who have been through very very tough times get the financing going get the government on board streamline everything stop the problems with bad control yeah you're quite right I've heard that the guys with licensing of their um, transport vehicles are really struggling to get licenses this has got to be sorted out the one way to pull South Africa out of the depths of, of depression is to get tourism going and if the government got on board and the banks got on board and then facilitated it South Africa has the ability to really really take off and give jobs and that's our biggest problem now um, as you and I were discussing in the car today if I could raise the money tomorrow to do the projects that I've got on board I would be able to double my turnover within three or four years but it's impossible to get financing at this stage in in these environments they really are not interested in financing projects unless you're already making a fortune of money and most people in tourism have come through hard times they're just struggling to stay above water uh, and to build infrastructure is very very tough at this stage we need infrastructure we need health hotels going we need finance pouring into the system and getting people going that's that's what we need and that will sort out tourism it'll sort out foreign exchange and it'll sort out to a greater or lesser extent, problems with unemployment. Yeah, thanks. As a as a huge business owner yourself, I mean, it's not just tur turnover creates jobs. So that that's you know, so that's the thing. You 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 get the loan, you build, you invest, and then that then in turn creates more jobs to get that horrible unemployment rate down. Kathy, are you what are you what do you think? What would you like to see that would make the life of the Entwistles at Val de Chiron a little bit easier. I concur with everything that Nick has said. Um, and I think that looking at our dismal employment figures, the only flicker of hope was that the impact that a very good season has had on the Western Cape, the only province to show an improvement in its unemployment figures. And why? Because people are flocking back our tourists are the motor that is driving the economy of the Western Cape and as well as the Eastern Cape. And we are such a beautiful country. It has everything going for it. We just have to get um, on the political correct track and have the support that we need, um, which was desperately lacking throughout the last three years, from our government to really showcase what South Africa has to offer and get our visitors back and get the economy booming. Graham, can I just add one thing to that? Uh, one of the discussions that came up today with one of our tour operators was the obviously the problem with flights and the, the point of discussion was SAA and what is happening with SAA. And it is, it is, a, it is a tragedy that South Africa does not have an airline, its own airline flying. We know the government can't run it. We know that they can't afford to run it. Why can't they just sell it and get somebody to run it on a, on a contract basis and bring more flights into the country? If they could get SAA, the national carrier, up and running, and the tour operator we spoke to today made a very, very good point. The important thing about SAA flying overseas 
is that they're flying the national flag. So even in name, doesn't matter who owns it, just by flying into London, by flying into Frankfurt, they're taking the name of South Africa across the world. And that needs to be done on an urgent basis. They must get somebody to operate SAA and get it flying all over the world as soon as possible. That's one of the biggest things that will help tourism at this stage. Yeah, I think we all agree with that. <coughs> with that. And it's, um, it's very important. I mean, that's why, you know, it's for those who who are feeling a bit desperate, you know, where there is SATSA and the TBCSA that do take those concerns to government that have the ears of of the ministers um, themselves. Uh, and, you know, don't don't be afraid to, to speak up. You know, if there's a problem, speak up and, and try and get it solved. It's, you know, sitting around a fire moaning or whatever, it's it's get 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 things done and speak to the right people and get those voices heard. If there's a problem, let's all work together to to fix it. So just one last question. Thanks so much for everything that you've said so far. What advice would you give to anybody starting out? And and it's not run for the hills, anyone starting in tourism and in winemaking, um what uh what advice would, would you give, especially learning what we've learned over the last three years? Nick? Thank you for dropping that bombshell on me. I, uh, <laughs> um, that's a very tough one. It's, it's, not, it's really not easy out there in business. Um, Kathy told us a joke today. If you want to start a profitable wine farm and make a million, start with 10 million. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not easy. It takes many years to get going and it takes a lot of money and infrastructure to build uh, either a game reserve or a wine farm. But we need them. Um, they need People need to sit down and find out ways of financing people to get more tourism products going. We need them. We need them from an unemployment point of view. We need them from a foreign exchange point of view and a general growth of economy point of view. Advice? I don't know. You've got me. Um, I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't know what advice I could give. But you just got to dream and uh, and just try and make your dreams come true. Uh, we were talking in the car today about Elon Musk. There's a man with dreams. He made them come true. If you can dream it, you can do it. You just got to believe in yourself and go out there and chase your dream. I agree. I, I also love the saying, nothing ever became a reality without first being a dream. And that's... Uh, not, nothing is too big um and if yeah if it's it's just about and also i think mentorship a lot of people have said find find the right people that are doing what you want to do already and ask them for advice um you know and it does take a while don't don't give up make sure that you've given yourself at least a few years not a few months to to crack what you want to do and make sure that you've got the right advice kathy from a winemaker tourism yeah, Nick is quite right. It is about the dream. And if I can salvage anything positive from the last three years' experience is that, um, probably due to having to slash our rates to the nth degree, we have fortunately been able to evolve so many more locals and expose them to those dreams of what a game reserve has to offer, what a wine farm has to offer. But more importantly, South Africans to start taking a pride in what a magnificent country we have and what it has to offer. Um, so I really hope that people will buy into those dreams 
and see it as a viable career. I think our challenge is to bring the sexy back into tourism um, and attract the younger crowd. Um, after three years hiatus, a lot of people are not that easily enticed back into an industry which was closed down. The same applies to the wine industry. They've gone on a separate mission. But we're back and it's we are there. We're ready to trade. And if we can create get the right crowd in, we know that it will only go from strength to strength. Um, once again, why I love and I fell in love with this business is that it's the people that we deal with. And we must never lose sight of that. I know three years have kept us away from each other. But that's where we need to get back to. Um, doing what we do best, which is interacting with our guests, showcasing and being proud ambassadors of our country. We need to get that pride back. We need to bring the sexy back and make this industry as flourishing as it was and will be again. Yeah, thanks so much, uh, Kathy. I think that even doing what you guys are doing now on the road and us reps that are on the road, um, you're not just, obviously, you're selling your products, but in, in turn, selling the country as a whole, reminding people just how beautiful the country in general is. And yeah, let's. Uh, it's great to see everybody back on the road again. If you consider it... You know, a year ago, we were still up and down with red lists and PCR tests. I mean, that we haven't had to think about that for a while, but it wasn't up. It was not even, yeah, just actually under a year ago, we were still worrying all about that kind of stuff. So as much as um, I think it's definitely recovery time, it, people mustn't forget that it wasn't that long ago that we were on a red list and no one was, was meant to travel. It was just over a year ago. So, you know, when, when we look at uh, recovery, we must just remember the tiny amount of time in the greater scheme of things that we've had to start the recovery and still look to the, to the future um, and remember that there's a long road to go and we're all, we're all riding on the road together and we've all got each other's backs in this industry. So that's a great thing to realize. Thank you so much for being my guest on another edition of KuzaCast and let's hope we work together in a long and prosperous future of selling Val de Chiron and Sibuya Game Reserve and the country as a whole. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, Graham, for having us. We're looking forward to meeting many more colleagues in the UK with you and hosting so many more guests from your side. Yeah, thanks, Graham, and thanks for, for having us and thanks for your help in promoting us and South Africa out there. Perfect. All right, cheerio, folks. See you again soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to KuzaCast, where we explore the world of tourism with leaders from all corners of the globe. Join me, Graham Watson, for future episodes as we dive into the latest trends and insights from the industry. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating, and we'll see you next time on KuzaCast.